Blog Talk Radio. WWE pay-per-view extreme rules it's our pre-game for extreme rules uh first pay-per-view since Wrestlemania lots of great matches lined up uh, I think a great card a lot of potential on this card to be a very good pay-per-view we want to hear from you what are your thoughts what match are you looking forward to what do you think predictions we're going to give you our predictions it's going to be a great night of entertainment and wrestling talk a little later on you may know him as Tugboat, perhaps Typhoon, maybe even the Shockmaster. Fred Ottman will be joining us a little later, talking about all that, talking about his career in professional wrestling. Remember, this is the Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. You go over there right now. There's a show chat line going on. Um, go there Mondays. During Raw, we have a Raw chat going on over there, so check out our Facebook, go over there and like it. Uh, tell your friends to go over and like it. That's the, just the best place to hang out and talk wrestling uh, with other wrestling fans. Check us out on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show, and of course, our website, thekenreedyshow.com. got lots of stuff, lots of information on the website. Uh, we got blogs, the Joan blogs for us, Tony, the best blogger in the business, uh, blogs on each and every show over the course of a week. So go over to our website and check that out. We have a schedule of interviews on there as well, thekenreedyshow.com. We have all the information up there also for May 31st, where we're sponsoring Tap Out Cancer. We're very excited about this event. And, you know, I've been asked a lot about, uh, you know, why, you know, why I'm so hyped about this. And, you know, I'm really excited. I've been involved with Relay for Life. Uh, for many, many years, um, you know, I even uh, hosted a couple of years, the MC a couple of years at the Rockland County Relay for Life. Uh, and, you know, it, it's it's a horrible disease, and we want to do what we can to raise some money and raise awareness uh, for cancer research. Um, I lost, actually, all of my grandparents uh, to cancer in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, unfortunately, this past year, a friend that I had... Um, Growing up in high school, 37 years old, unfortunately passed away from cancer. 
uh, this past year. So it's definitely a cause that's near and dear uh, to my heart. And uh, just we don't want to lose any more people. We want the research out there and, uh, you know, to help these people out. Slogan is uh, let's let's make more birthdays, more birthdays. So uh, more and more people are surviving with cancer, and that's uh, because we keep raising funds. So we're very excited to be a part of this. Uh, Tap Out Cancer on May 31st. It's at the Peppermill South, Congers, New York. All the information is up on the website. Um, basically, it's going to be a really, you know, it's, it's a low-key kind of night. So just come out and hang out. 20% of food and drink goes to the American Cancer Society, Relay for Life, Rockland County. Um, 100% of our raffle funds is going to go to the American Cancer Society. Uh, we have a lot of items for, for raffle, and we're just going to be hanging out tonight. SmackDown is going to be on the TVs. We're going to have Wrestling on Fire going to be on the TVs. So we're going to watch SmackDown, then Wrestling on Fire. Throughout the night, we're going to do raffles in our possession right now, in my grubby little hands that I have ready for the raffles. And we're still waiting for more stuff. And if you're interested, if you have stuff, you're willing to donate, message me on Facebook, send us an email. You can email through the website. But uh, as of right now, we got to thank Lucky13. Uh, they sent us a bunch of autographed pictures. They actually sent us 13 pictures, uh, some of the highlights, uh, multiple pictures of the beautiful people, Velvet Sky, uh, Robbie E., Brooke Tessmacher. So we got a bunch of those that are going to be raffling off. Uh, Jordan Thomas, uh, he also sent over a Head Shrinker Samu signed picture, former guest of our show, Leva Bates, uh, autographed picture of her, and former TNA knockout Chelsea. Uh, we have another picture of her, so all that's going to be raffled off that night. And uh, you may know him as Little Guido. You may know him as Nunzio. Uh, been a friend of the show. He's helped us out a lot with stuff, and he donated uh, an action figure. If you remember back, the uh, Ruthless Aggression action figures, this is still in the package. Still in the package. Nunzio action figure. Signed by Nunzio himself. We'll be raffling that off as well. So it's going to be a really fun night as a wrestling fan. So come on down to the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. Uh, hang out and help us raise funds and awareness uh, for the American Cancer Society. And uh, if you missed any of that information, uh, you can go over to our website, thekenreeshow.com. We have the info up there. Some more housekeeping. We'll be back on Tuesday. As always, our Tuesday regular time slot this week. Next week, for Memorial Day weekend, we are taking the Sunday off. You guys, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Have fun. Get outside. Barbecue. And just have a good time. Memorial Day is just a time. Hopefully, we get some good weather, especially here in the Northeast. Uh, but uh, we'll be taking that Sunday off. And you know what? I, I get it. If you're really jonesing, if you just need your Ken Reedy Show fix, you can always go over to Blog Talk Radio dot com slash the Ken Reedy show and listen to some archived episodes uh next week we'll be taking next Sunday off so there you have it all our housekeeping if you will as always my tag team partners on the line Dave how are you doing this fine Sunday evening I'm doing very well this fine Sunday evening ready to uh ready to talk some extreme rules get extreme so to speak uh you never know what's going to come out of my mouth uh so uh, let's let's do this yeah, really excited. I mean, overall, I mean, before I get into, like, some of the specifics, overall, I think this has got a lot of potential. 
to be a great, not just good, a great pay-per-view. I, you know, whether you want to judge creatively, whether you want to say the storylines are working or not working, let's put that aside for a second. Every match has a storyline attached to it. Every match, there is a rivalry. There's a reason for the two competitors to be in the ring, aside from maybe the pre-show match. So I'm talking about the pay-per-view itself. Um, cool stipulations in, in all the matches. It's It's got the potential to be a very solid, if not great, pay-per-view. As a whole, Dave, I'm really looking forward to tonight. Yeah, I am as well. There are a few matches. That, I mean, you really can't single out one match where where I could say I'm looking forward to it. Overall, the card looks good. Um, it looks like it could be a really good pay-per-view. There are a couple matches for me on the card, at least, where I think they're just kind of – there's not really enough juice. Like, you know, the Randy Orton-Big Show match, like, I just don't think there's enough juice in that rivalry. Hopefully it ends tonight. Um, I mean, one, one rivalry that has been kind of hot and cold for me – um, is the Seamus Mark Henry. Mark Henry's basically done most of the um the legwork so to speak in keeping me interested in the, the, the upcoming match he has with Seamus tonight. But the card pretty solid. Um you know, you know my thoughts about John Cena and Ryback. I'm not really interested in that match. Although, um yeah, as we get closer to the pay per view, I've gained a little bit more interest um in the possible outcome and we'll speak about that later. Um so yeah, I should, I, it should be a good show. I mean, history proves it, you know, a lot of, you know, in past years the pay-per-view after WrestleMania has always been looked at as being a better quality pay-per-view in terms of, you know, storyline advancement and in-ring action. Um last year was last year was one of those cases to some people um with extreme rules and, you know, John Cena and Brock Lesnar, CM Punk and Chris Jericho. Um this year we could see that again, who knows. Um uh, but I'm 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 overall looking forward to the show itself tonight. Yeah, and it, you know, and it's it's funny because when you talk about last year's pay per view and the the uh, John Cena Brock Lesnar match, I mean that was one of those matches that again in the PG era, and and obviously that influences, you know, it was incredible. Uh, you don't get a lot of that hard hitting violence anymore. Um, a tremendous matchup to the point where you know. Well, Dave and I talk a lot, and we we don't live close to each other. So, you know, we via phone calls, we do the, the pre-show meeting, and we talk, and we figure things out. You know, generally at the end of the shows, we'll shoot each other a text, good show and everything. That was one of the, the only pay-per-views that I can remember, Dave, that it was like we had to call each other afterwards. Like, it was just we were so pumped after that paper, especially after that final match. Uh, hoping that tonight, you know, elicits a similar reaction because in this era and especially as, as you get older and you watch wrestling a lot, it's tougher and tougher to kind of wow you. I mean, you've seen everything, especially coming out of the Attitude Era. If you lived through ECW, you saw Mick Foley go off the top of the steel cage. It gets tougher and tougher to kind of blow you away. And last year's pay-per-view, I don't know if I said blew me away but it definitely got me really pumped and then we had to call each other so i'm i'm hoping tonight gives us a similar reaction um whether it be in in and of a, a specific match itself or if we have a significant uh storyline change or a significant swerve somewhere in, in uh tonight's 
pay-per-view, but a lot of potential here, and we hope, we really, really hope that they deliver on the potential. As we're talking about all this, now watch, they lay an egg tonight, Dave. Yeah, I mean, anything could possible. You know, I do remember last year I, I was leaving uh, Hooters from watching the pay-per-view, and you called me, and I was surprised to get a phone call from her, and you were just like, wow, we talked about the, the, the ending with Cena and Lesnar. And, uh, you know, you know, normally, you know, big, big, you know, defining, storyline-changing moments usually take place at big pay-per-views, you know, particularly WrestleMania. Um, and last year I was kind of surprised at, you know, how well things went. It helped that they were in Chicago. Chicago is a very vocal audience, um, so and, and they were very vocal against John Cena. Brock Lesnar was just making his return, his very first match in, you know, seven years or eight years, what have you. Um, tonight, you know, I don't, I don't know what to expect. I, you know, I will go on record saying I posted it on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page, but Powerbomb Pro Wrestling reported that allegedly – Mick Foley, who is known for being very extreme, um, might have some sort of role on tonight's uh, pay-per-view. Um, he is in attendance in St. Louis, so maybe that could possibly foreshadow that we could be seeing something, um, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily extreme, but something that's going to alter things in, in the storylines and, and move forward for the rest of the, for the rest of the spring going into the summer. Who knows? Yeah, and, and more than that, like what what could picking up Mick Foley on your wrestling fantasy team, uh, you know, that that could be a significant move tonight. That could that could swerve the balance tonight. Uh, I don't even know how expensive he is, but uh, you know, might have people now. You reported that running to their fantasy team and and drafting Mick Foley on the team because who knows what he might be involved in tonight. But we're going to get into each and every match. Uh, a little later on in the show, one of the things we want to talk about tonight is uh, a guy who's not necessarily being pushed, a guy who does not have a match, and uh, a guy who Dave and I have talked at length at how impressed we are with his ability, and reports coming out that this individual not getting a push, perhaps, is because he's a little too dull. And that's a, that's a quote from the reports that I read, dull, from WWE, uh, Stanford front offices that uh, one Cesaro um, is a little dull, according to uh, these reports. And you know we can't have we haven't had enough good things to say about this guy. And uh, very interesting to watch you know him continue to job for others. Uh, tremendous matchup on SmackDown with with Jericho again. A match that you know. Sometimes when we go before pay-per-views, I know that it's like, oh, we need to make someone look strong. Jericho's amazing. You could have spun it with the commentators. You know, Cesaro winning uh, is something to kind of give his character a little juice. And you could do Cesaro, you know, Jericho losing to Cesaro. How does this affect his psyche going into Sunday? You know, you, you could spin it in a in a way, but they go the obvious route. Jericho wins. Um I don't, you know, with wrestling fans, and, and I don't know who they're polling and who they're deciding, you know, who's making this decision that, that he's dull or, or, you know, if they're polling people and people are saying that he's dull. To me, Cesaro's one of those guys that, all right, you know what, the yodeling didn't work for me either. He's good on the mic. I'm not going to say he's great. He's good. He's solid. But he's one of those guys that's his athletic prowess is what makes him exciting. In the ring, 
is what makes this guy exciting. You know, you could criticize him. I mean, everyone's open for criticism, but Dave, man, like, I mean, watching this guy in the ring, dull is never an adjective that comes to mind when I'm watching Antonio Cesaro on the TV. Well, I, I read that. I read that same report too. I mean, I'm just making an educated guess here, but I would think maybe they think his character is dull, not his in-ring work. I mean, they've been back and forth on what they want to do with him. They're, you know, they start a push, they stop a push, they start a push, they stop a push. I brought it up on the show a few weeks ago. It just seems like with certain guys, they're not sure what to do with. One week they make the guy look like a million bucks, the next week they make him look like he just came out of the gutter, like he looks like crap. You know. Um, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm just making a guess that maybe they were talking about his character being a little dull, so to speak. Um, his in-ring work, no, absolutely not. It's not dull. He's very impressive. Um, and he's a well-seasoned veteran. You know, just because he's new to WWE television doesn't mean that he hasn't been in the ring for a long time. You know, he had a, 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 a very big run in Ring of Honor for a long period of time on the independent circuit. The guy has, you know, wrestled virtually all over the world. Um, he's, he's, he incorporates different styles into his um and his, uh, you know, routine. Um, I mean, I'm not. I didn't like the yodeling either. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really care for it. I would like to see them kind of go with him. I mean, maybe he could use a little more enthusiasm on the microphone. At times, he does come off like he's robotic. Then again. A lot of guys on that roster come off like that because of the style of promos that they force these guys to cut in front of an audience on television. Um, maybe he could use just a tad bit of, I don't know, like enthusiasm, so to speak, when he speaks. I, I was thinking, you know, just just recently after reading that report that they could kind of center his character and push him along the lines of, like how they how they did with Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle first started years ago. I mean, granted Cesaro never won a gold medal in the Olympics, but you know if you if you give him a little bit more enthusiasm in his in his verbal skills, or at least try to implement that, and then on top of that, his verbal skills imply that he's you know a a talented phenomenal. I mean, he said it in his interview the other day. You know, he's he puts the W in WWE. We're assuming the wrestling. Um, you know, and you show off his his incredible athletic ability and his wrestling skills as a part of his character, you know, proclaiming to be, you know, the best or one of the best in the world or, you know, the, the, the most talented performer in the WWE and kind of spin it in that Kurt Angle factor, kind of like how they did in the beginning. Don't make them too goofy like they did with Kurt Angle, but kind of have a little bit more, of, like I said, enthusiasm along with that and, you know, drive home the point that, you know, his wrestling ability is what really gets him over. I mean, you can even go as far as, like, having him come out and say, I'm not, you know, some goofy character like a Zack Ryder or a Brodus Clay, or I'm not some big monster that needs to wear a mask. I'm Antonio Cesaro. My my wrestling in the ring speaks for itself, you know. And that could, you know, with a younger audience, you know, that likes the over-the-top cartoonish PG-like characters, that could have draw them to not like Cesaro and get more heat on him, and that is what you could have as a character in itself for Antonio Cesaro. I mean, his wrestling ability speaks for itself. You know, you and I have talked about it numerous times on the show, how impressed we are with his skill in the ring. Um, that's where I see, that's where I could, I, I see that this could possibly go with him. 
um, is exploiting, you know, him just boasting that he's a talented, you know, the best wrestler. Um, I just don't understand why they go back and forth with him, you know. Like, uh, I've heard reports that a couple weeks ago he had that match with Kofi, and, it, you know, they gave him a lot of credit for it. And I just don't – I mean, I, I sum it up as not only with him, but with other guys too, Wade Barrett, for instance – and Cody Rhodes, they just don't know what they're going to do. It's a day-to-day thing with them. They don't have a long-term plan set with some of these guys, and they just kind of throw, you know, mud at the wall and see what sticks, and if that's what sticks, then they run with it. So who knows? We could see Cesaro, you know, come out next week, you know, waving, a, a, a you know, a, an American flag instead of a Swiss flag. You know I mean? They, they could change it up with him in so many different ways, but I just hope that eventually he gets put in a more positive light and a spotlight and they really see what kind of talent he has because his ring of honor stuff. I wasn't, I don't watch much ring of honor. I've watched a lot of his stuff and he is, he hasn't even reached his peak yet in the WWE as to what he is capable of doing. Yeah, I mean, and that's just it. It's, you know, when when the adjective dull, like, comes out, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't specified from the stuff I read. It was just dull. And and that's just it. Like, he doesn't need, like, that. I, watching him as a wrestling fan, I don't think he needs to be great on the mic. The character doesn't need to be, you know, that over, that over the top, or that entertaining. You know, it, it's, his wrestling speaks for itself. I mean, yeah, you know, one of the ideas, and, you know, talking to people online, and, uh, you know, I was talking what to do with Cesaro, and uh, one of the things I, I thought was maybe maybe a Heyman. You know, if uh, they're so, you know, if they think the character is dull, maybe Heyman as a mouthpiece. Uh, bring him into the the stable there, if you will. You know, have Heyman create a stable. Um, one of the things also to consider is that when you have CM Punk come back, you know, odds are... Whatever they do with him, whenever someone comes back from an injury, they get a pop. I mean, that's just the way it is. And and it is easier, at least for a certain amount of time, for keep someone keeping someone a face when they first come back from, from injury. You know, like they could do a whole, you know, Paul Heyman, hey, you deserted me. I needed you and you walked out. Uh, build some heat between Heyman and uh, Punk. Maybe we run a Cesaro Punk program. I wouldn't mind seeing the two of them in the ring. Uh, it's something that I think, you know, CM Punk gets it, gets the business. Uh, you know, it helped to put Cesaro over. I think that would be a really cool program. And, you know, if again, if the character is the problem, why not have a Paul Heyman uh, manage him at least for a chunk of time and, and see where that goes? I mean, you could have at least, you know, Lesnar and Cesaro together uh, in Paul Heyman's stable and, you know, Brock Lesnar's part-time. So Cesaro would be uh, Heyman's full-time guy. So uh, why not? You know, Dave, why why not bring Heyman into the mix for a guy like Cesaro? I mean, it's just, like, to me, they got to do something because, you know, there are wrestlers that come around uh, very rarely. And I think you're right. I think guys like Wade Barrett and Cody Rhodes, uh, tremendous talents as well. But there hasn't been a guy for me that has impressed me in the ring as much as Cesaro has uh, recently watching him week in and week out. Uh, You know, the sky's the limit. And you said it. I I mean, he hasn't reached his peak. I mean, where this guy can go 
who knows? You know, but he has not reached his peak. Uh, this guy has got some classics in him, and you know, I think. You know, Dave, we both like to see him, you know, display these talents in a really significant program on a big stage. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's several guys. You know, he's one of them. Um, you know, I they, they like I said, they could do plenty of things with him. And, you know, I, I mean, it's really difficult. But to me, from what I hear, from what I read, you know, I mean, lately in the past few years, guys who have gained a large following and have done real well in the independent scene have gained jobs in the WWE. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Cesaro, um, you know, Rollins from The Shield, Ambrose, you know, from The Shield. And I I think the company is – they've got this mold down in, you know, in, in, in NXT or Florida Championship Wrestling, whatever they call it, where they try to, like, build this superstar by the, by their version, their way, and what they think is going to go over. And they're re- I think they're really caught in that mold, you know. And Cesaro's just like a different breed, at least for me. He's a, he's a big guy, but, you know, there's there's little things that he does differently that, like, catch people's eye. I mean, like, I, I'm, I've always said this on the show. I'm a big believer of, like, you know, little things that count. And, like, you know, he's got the things, you know, he doesn't wear knee pads, but he's got those, like, wraps around his, you know, calves that, like, that, you know, rugby players wear sometimes, you know, like little stuff that just stands out, you know what I mean? They always say you got to find something that's going to make you stand out in order to, and dare to be different in order to be successful. I'm not saying Cesaro's got these wraps around his cast and he's going to, you know, draw, you know, millions of dollars, but, you know, he's, he's got the right idea and I just wish that they would jump on this ball with him and not you know, not go with their mold of, all right, I need a guy that's six foot seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds, jack, chiseled, got a washboard stomach, you know, abs, all that stuff. And that's what they seem to go for nowadays, you know, it's more of a look and an appearance and not what your talent what what your talent can show in the ring. Because I look at it like this with all wrestling, not just WWE, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's what you can do Overall, by your look, how you verbally talk, and what you can do in the ring. But more importantly, it's what you can do in the ring. The end of the day, the story ends in the ring. And it just seems like he's got that, but they don't want to do anything else with him. They don't want to really significantly, you know, show him in a more positive light, you know, and and be involved in, you know, I wouldn't say a top storyline, but in a significant storyline. It's just... I don't know. I'm just. I, I kind of scratch my head with that one. Like, you know, they, they didn't put him on the WrestleMania card. Um, he's not on this card. A few weeks ago, he said that he was going to go back. You know, they had Cesaro cut this promo after a victory, and he was going to make you know, you know, pe- prove people wrong that he's on the right track. And then, then, then this past week, he's you know, he's doing the job to you know Randy Orton. I just don't get it anymore. You know, with with, with some of these guys. But you know, I guess that's. I guess that's the wrestling landscape these days, and that's just how it is, and that's something that we all have to deal with. Doesn't mean we have to like it, but it's just we got to deal with it, I guess. And it's a shame because you know he is incredibly talented. Like I said, I, you know, I mean, you see a lot of it. I mean, you watch wrestling as long as we've been watching it. You know, it, you know, every every year that goes by, you're watching wrestling. It's tougher and tougher to. For a guy to stand out for for me as a wrestling fan, you know, because I've watched so much wrestling, and this is a guy that really stands out. And I, you know, hopefully they they 
they get on track, they find a good program for them, because uh, there's a lot that I think they can do with this guy. 347-838-9815, the number to call. What do you think about this, the card tonight? Uh, one of the things significant, we talked on Facebook a little bit about this, Dolph Ziggler not wrestling at tonight's pay-per-view, uh, after effects of a concussion. We asked on Facebook, should you strip Ziggler of the title? 100% people said, no, no. Don't strip him, even though there is no timetable uh, for his return. Um, you know, it's interesting, Dave. I kind of go back and forth on this. Uh, I don't I don't deal in absolutes because uh, you don't know what the timetable is. Uh, I don't think it's an absolute no. And I love Ziggler. I love what Ziggler brings to the table. I would consider stripping him. I, I know the storyline or the policy that they used to have uh, – 30 days, every 30 days, the title has to be defended. Uh, and I think that's kind of gone by the boards a, a bit nowadays. Uh, but it used to be in effect. You could spin it the right way. Uh, there's talk of GM, uh, perhaps Teddy Long turning heel. Uh, you know, Ziggler has had, you know, he got a great reaction in New York, in New Jersey after WrestleMania. Uh, he's a guy that could work as a face, stripping him of the title, gives him something to, to strive for, coming back. Um, I'm not saying it's a definite to uh, strip him of the title. Um, I'm just saying that I'm not 100% sold either way, uh, depending on the timetable. I mean, if he's cleared on Monday night, then clearly it was, all right, cool. Like, it, it was just a quick uh, quick out. But, you know, I... I Get it, and I know it's CM Punk. They they kind of allowed him to skate through with his injury, but I gotta admit, I wasn't crazy about that. I get it. I know why they did it. Uh, you know, they're setting him up against The Rock, so they're not gonna strip Punk of the title. Uh, but it, it's I, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth with. I, I don't say 100% don't strip him, uh, but I love Ziggler and I want to see him hold on to the title. So. Uh, I guess we're kind of in a holding pattern. It, it's really a shame for this to happen to a guy like Ziggler. He's got all the talent in the world for him to, to suffer this injury now. But, you know, if, if they said he's not going to be cleared to wrestle for, like, at least another three weeks, Mike, please consider something of the title. Your thoughts, Dave? Um, I mean, you brought up the punk factor. That's kind of one of the main reasons why I say that they shouldn't strip him of the title. Um I mean, I think by stripping him of the title, you will get some backlash from the audience because he's got somewhat of a following. He's got a, like, cult underground, you know, popularity amongst, you know, young males and, and girls. Um, so, I I mean, it's been, you know, they, there's always a way to get around something in wrestling, and then there will always be those fans that will critique it and say, you know, well, this time this, and, you know, then they did it that time. You know, it sounds to me like they they have an idea in place what they want to do with him. They don't want to alter storylines because they are limited, you know, on, on talent. Um, and they're, they're, their talent roster is thin right now to, to be in the certain positions that they're in. Um, and... To me, in my opinion, if, you know, they're not going to strip him of the title, then they probably already know the status of his concussion and how long he's going to be out. If it's another week or two weeks, then it's not a big deal to them because, you re first of all, you really don't see guys defend the title on television a whole lot. So, you know, at least the, the main, you know, the two heavyweight titles. So I don't think they see it as a big deal. I don't really see it as a big deal. 
the WWE and wrestling in general have done a lot worse. I mean, Michael Cole wrestled a match once. The Miz is on television again. So, you know, I mean, they've done, you know, they've done a lot worse. Uh, I don't see it as a big issue, and I prob- I'll, we'll probably see him back on, uh, in action in a few weeks. Um, you know, maybe it's be- maybe it's best right now that he rests and just, you know, it looks like they're going to push him throughout the summer. So and be, and be you know focal point of their television shows throughout the summer um, as world champion. So let him rest because he's probably got to, he's probably in for the long haul for the rest of the summer um, as the world heavyweight champion. So I don't see an issue with it. I'm not on the fence about it. Don't strip him of the title. Um, we've seen a lot worse, and I think they really are dedicated to making this work with him, and they don't want to alter whatever they have planned going forward with him. You know, you brought up Michael Cole in, in that, uh, you know, I listening to the commentating on Friday night, if, if they're actually going in this direction, Josh Matthews may wind up being a more annoying heel announcer than Michael Cole ever was. I don't get what they're doing. And just, you know, a, a sidebar, and we're not going to get totally into this, but the commentating on, on Friday night, to be honest, during the Divas match, which to, Kalen versus... Um, Oksana was not a horrible match, and I get it. I get where the Divas are. I get what they're doing. Those three should be embarrassed with how they commentated that match. That was god-awful, and can we just, you know, the Diva division needs all the help they can get. Uh, Could you call the match? Could you just call the match? It it just got silly for me. Um, You know, I get it, and you want to joke, and you want to poke fun at each other. That's great, but I don't know. I was kind of embarrassed for them. So they're going for the Josh Matthews kind of Michael Cole heel commentator thing. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully going to do it a little better. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're talking extreme rules. You can talk whatever you want. We're still waiting uh, for Fred Altman to give us a buzz. Uh, Tugboat Typhoon, the Shockmaster. Talk to him hopefully in a little bit. But why not go out to the calls? Whatever you guys want to talk about on an extreme rules Sunday. We're going to go out right now. we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey, guys. What's up? What do you got for us? All right. So, hey, um, I was talking about the uh, commentary. Yeah, the com- um, you know, just to follow up on that, the commentary has been, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm not really, I don't, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Josh Matthews doing the heel turn or, or whatever, the, whatever the hell they're doing over there with him. Uh but I mean, overall, you know, it's like the commentary. I've, I mean, I've, I'm not really, I'm not really into it. You know, freaking JBL, JBL's terrible. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, you know, well, we thought on Friday night. It's just, oh man, it's just like, you know, no, and the same BS he says all the time. It's just like, I don't know. It's you know, the commentary can sometimes be a little, can be a little, um, painfully here, you know. But um, as, as for as for uh, you. Yeah. Watching it on Friday, you know, if there's ever a time to be on point during the commentating, it's during the Divas match. Because, like I said, that division needs all the help it could get. It just it got really, like I said, I thought it was borderline embarrassing uh, how they were calling that match. And uh, it's weird because with the Michael Cole thing, when he was turning heel, and it seemed like, as annoying as it got, it seemed like at least they knew what they were doing. Uh, they were building a rivalry between Cole and King. Uh, at least there seemed like there was a point. Again, I wasn't crazy about it. 
this it just seems like every so often Josh Matthews throws out something that's kind of heelish, and JBL and Michael Cole don't really know what to say, and then they kind of just flounder about, and it just it seems disjointed and and odd and and misplaced, and I don't know where they're going. Like just don't don't worry about that. Don't worry about building a character for Josh Matthews. Just just call the match. Just call the match. So yeah, so Tony's on board. Commentating wasn't great, but uh, in Extreme Rules Sunday, what do you got for us? Uh, thoughts on the pay per view coming up tonight? Uh, should be. I mean, for uh, from the, as far as the matches go, it should be it should be good. You know, I mean, the build hasn't been. You know, I mean, build could have been better. I mean, they've had six weeks to build to it, and they haven't really. Yeah, I mean, it would think, you know, as far as uh, Triple H and uh, Brock Lesnar, I think should be. Uh, Hopefully, it should be good. I actually hope that I hope that closes the show because it's had a better build than seeing a Ryback. So uh, I, I, I think I think that should close out the show. Um, even you know, even a Sheamus Mark Henry should be uh, could, could be good. Uh, you know, to the strap match. You know, I just I just um, the other thing is I you know it's like I, I don't go I don't really go for the touching the corners things. You know, to as a step. You know, it's like just use this, they could just use a strap as a you know, as a weapon. Fine, but you know it's like a, you know, the whole thing with the touching the corners is sometimes that can be a little I can be, <laughs> get a little predictable. You know, it's like okay, one guy's gonna hit the corner, then. The other guy's gonna hit it, so it's yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's gonna happen. It does it does in every one of those. But uh, and um, this the uh, Kofi Kingston and, and um, Dean Ambrose, I think, yeah, should be uh, could be a good match too. You know, I, I think uh, I think they're put, they're putting some gold. Uh, the Shield get some gold tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I think it's about yeah. Uh, Rollins and Reigns too. I think you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, the, the the strap match. I agree with you. I always and it's funny when they said a strap match. I forgot, totally forgot about the four corner part of that match. Um, I just felt like they said strap match. Like, oh yeah, cool. They're they're tied by a strap. I'm like, oh yeah, the the four corner thing. Uh, I agree with you. You you don't need it. You could just you you're tied by a strap. You you can use the strap as a weapon. You can no disqualification and then just pinfall or submission. It doesn't need to necessarily be a touch all four corners so uh yeah i, I totally agree with you tony a lot of good points uh I, and i do think that we're going to see uh the shield come away with some uh gold this evening um you know it should be cool that that match actually i don't know what you think dave but uh kofi versus ambrose i think should be a, a very entertaining matchup potentially a, a show stealer yeah it's it definitely has potential to steal the show. It doesn't have a stipulation um, or, you know, some, some form of an extreme rule stipulation. So it's just going to be a straight-up wrestling match, um, which, is you know, I, it's fine with me. Um, you know, one point I do want to make about, you know, the, the, the strap match, um, I think the reason why they have the four-corner stipulation put into place is because, You've got a last man standing match where there's going to be a, a ton of weapons used. You got the extreme rules match with Randy Orton and the Big Show. That's going to be a ton of weapons used. You know, there's there's all these matches where you're going to see, as Dusty Rhodes would say, a lot of plunder. That having the strap, yeah, you can beat the crap out of your opponent with the strap, but they want to kind of make the matches. Some of these matches seem different, you know. It, Granted, they're all the same rules. There's no rules. But I think the four-corner stipulation makes it um, intriguing only because they, they're trying to book it so that it doesn't all the matches don't come out the same like everyone's just beating up somebody with a weapon. Because after you've seen, like, two of those matches, like, okay, you've, you've seen that already, you know. I quit matches going to have the same thing, you know. So 
I think I think that's why they they put the four corner stipulation into it. And to be honest with you, I think it would be very intriguing considering that Mark Henry is a big. He's a very large human being, and trying to see Sheamus pull him away from a corner, at least for me, would be very entertaining, um, you know, an entertaining aspect towards that match that might get the audience entertained by it as well. Good point. I, I can see what you said. I didn't even think of, like, the, the largeness of Mark Henry. But, uh, yeah, I guess I just found the four corners tedious. But uh, I get what you're saying, that it's it's something different. Um, within the extreme rules, got any else for us tonight, Tony? Uh, well, uh, getting back, I guess to as far as Cesaro goes, I mean, I don't know who the hell called him boring, but I mean, I I agree with you. You know, it's like that's just stupid. <laughs> it's just like the guy is the guy. You know, it's like the guy is good. You know, it's like you know, it's like, but they do. It's like the same what they do with every guy. You know, it's like they book him. It's like okay, yeah, we're gonna sign you with this gimmick, and if it sucks, it's the heat's on the talent, you know. It's it's, just, it's stupid, you know. It's, uh, even you know, it's, I mean, it's, it, it all goes, it all goes back, it all goes goes back down to uh, Vince and the create and the so-called creative team, you know. It's just like okay, they're gonna saddle this guy with a stupid gimmick or give him a stupid line or whatever. Not necessarily Cesaro, Cesaro himself, but you know, it's like they give the guy a gimmick or whatever, and it's like it might not be something that not even the Rock can get over. And you know, it's like if it if it sucks, it's just, you know, it's like it's like oh hey, how come uh, you know the heat falls on the talent instead of on the uh, you know creative end? You know, it's it's just like you know, because I I just think with everything being too you know even even with, you know, with everything being overly scripted, it's just like you know no one you know it's like no one can really like be a lot of times the problems you know, like don't even seem genuine. You know, it's like it, there's no real there's no like realism in there. To me, a lot of times it's just feel like okay, they're just going through the motions. Times. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, these guys aren't actors, and when you script them, the stuff comes off as scripted. Um, you know, I think sometimes with the WWE, and, and you know, it's things get a little muddled. And I, I just I've said it before. I think you know one of the things that could help a lot of these guys is, you know, sit down, creative, sit down. And just, all right, you know what? This group of guys, their end-all, be-all is the IC title. And we're going to have all these guys. And it's not to say they can't graduate up to the one of the bigger titles, but this is the picture surrounding the IC title. This group of guys, they're going after the U.S. title. And just kind of, you know, organize it a little more so it's not as muddled. You know, these group are actually tag teams, and they're all going for that tag team title. Just to kind of organize it a little bit more, because yeah, guys like Cesaro, it's our Cody Rhodes, you know, wind up getting even Sandow, you know, they all get lost in the shuffle, and it just it, it's all muddled what what these guys are supposed to be doing, what their goals are, and you know, it just I think it just would be easier, just creatively speaking, just say, all right, you know what, these these five guys, they're going after the IC title. Now with these five guys, let's build storylines within these five guys just to kind of get it a little more organized. But, you know, I mean, we've been saying this for a long time. Uh, it gets muddled, and, you know, it's top-heavy. The storylines are top-heavy, and guys, you know, there's certain guys that wind up getting lost in the shuffle. And it's a shame because a guy like Cesaro, that sort of talent uh, does not come around often, and hopefully they find uh, a substantial role for him at some point. Tony is our Expert blogger, the best blogger in the business, gives us blogs each and every week for Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. If you miss a show, 
you have a DVR incident, uh, go on over to the KenReedyShow.com. Check out Tony's blogs. He gives a really good comprehensive blog. Each and every match, each and every segment, and uh, a little bit of opinion mixed in. So go check out Tony's blogs. Tony, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Yep. Absolutely. All right, and we're going to stick with the phones right now because we're going to, we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Let's go on out. Extreme Rules Sunday, Mr. Trivia on the line. What do you got for us tonight? Hey, how you doing tonight, guys? All right, how are you? Good. Boy, what a difference a year makes, huh? At, at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view pay last year, or as we go into the Extreme Rules pay-per-view this year, even though he's not competing, Dolph Ziggler is world champion. Extreme Rules pay-per-view last year. He was pinned by Brodus Clay, and Jack Swagger was in his corner. Boy, what a difference a year makes. Agreed. Unreal. It's, it's nice seeing him uh, in that role, and, you know, we keep saying it, but we, we can't wish him an, enough a speedy recovery, you know, and hopefully we get, a, you know, all this talk of, Stripping and storyline, and where do they go, and how do they yada yada yada. Hopefully, we can just put that all to bed soon, and Ziggler's just back and wrestling and entertaining us all. Uh, but yeah, Hopefully. you know, top guys now. Yep. I mean, I woke up this morning, I unlocked the office door to the top rope, and it had like that WrestleMania feel to it. And then I realized it was Extreme Rules, <laughs> and I and I said, well, wait a minute, there's only going to be like two matches that I'm really interested in seeing. And uh, it should be, like you said, Ken, like you said, Dave, it does have the potential to be a great pay-per-view. I agree with you guys that Kofi and Dean Ambrose could possibly be the, the show stealer of the night. It's going to be a, a great match. But for some reason, I just have this feeling, and as awful as it is for me to say this, I just have this feeling John Cena is going to find a way to win tonight. And I just don't, uh, I mean, I understand he just won the title at WrestleMania and, you know, Ryback's been screwed out of the title a couple of times. And I just, I just think that Cena's going to just find a way to win it tonight. Hey, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a shocking prediction. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to admit, you know, I made a prediction a while back that by extreme rules, uh, Johnson will turn heel. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm getting that right. So, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I mean, everyone speculated. I, I, I made the ball. I just said it's going to happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm banging fingers crossed that something really out of the box happens. Uh, yeah, it's a weird situation, Mr. Trivia, because it's you got John Cena – who just won the title, uh, so makes you think, you know, he beat The Rock, give him a, a good title run. Guy like Ryback, though, you're building him. And, you know, he, he was unsuccessful repeatedly going after the belt uh, when CM Punk had it. You know, how long are you going to, you know, try to build this guy up as a monster and have him lose on the biggest stage? Uh, and again, you know, we're not privy. We don't know what the future plans are for a Ryback. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a tough match to predict tonight. But I, I would agree with you. Would not shock me even a little bit uh, if John Cena winds up pulling it out tonight. 
What are the, you said there are two matches you're looking forward to tonight. What are the two matches you're most looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, well, obviously, I'm going to look forward to the John Cena-Ryback match just to see how that plays out. And the other one is going to be Triple H and Brock Lesnar. I think that's going to possibly be the most physical match in WWE this year. I mean, I think they're just going to pull out all the stops and just, like, pound the snot out of each other. And I think somehow Triple H is going to uh, find a way to win. Again, and, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. But I, I, and, uh, Dave, uh, one question before I go, guys. Um, I to pose this to Dave, and Ken, you can chime in, too, if you like. Uh, I, uh, I believe I saw, on, I know we've talked about some of the websites reporting this and some of the dirt sheets and so forth and so on. But there's been a thing going on saying that possibly there might be another member added to the stable of Paul of Paul Heyman. You know, he has uh, CM Punk, he has Brock Lesnar. Um, my my opinion is, I think if that happens, you think it could possibly be a Randy Orton? Number one, no. Number two, those websites all posted that because it was a story that WWE.com put up. And sometimes WWE.com just puts up stories just for people just to browse through to get activity and traffic to the website for a lot of, you know, with all due respect, gullible wrestling fans to go on their website and, and see, oh, wow, at one point a few weeks ago, actually before WrestleMania, there may actually – it was during WrestleMania, you know, weekend or whatever, there was a story on WWE.com about a possible fourth member of the Shield being in, and they speculated that it could be Jack Swagger. I mean, they kind of do, they don't really, when WWE.com does stories like that, they don't really have stories that are like speculating or leading you to believe that this is really going to happen. It's just one of those what-if kind of things. It's just a conversation talker for, for people to, you know, go onto the website and take a look. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, that's just my personal opinion. It's just something that, you know, like, first of all, the dirt sheets picked up the link from WWE.com, and WWE.com has never really been known for being, you know, a dirt sheet, obviously not a dirt sheet kind of website, Um you know, they're they're straight and they stick to the point and say kayfabe and all that good stuff. So I really don't see it happening um, and for, for that reason alone. And the fact that, quite frankly, like Randy Orton's got two strikes on the wellness policy. That's why I don't think they're, they trust to even have him turn heel as much as he wants to turn heel and put him in a spot he's in. He's popular enough where he moves the needle a little bit sell some T-shirts and get people interested in them. But if they take a chance of them and put them in a high-profile storyline or involving in a title picture, they don't know if they can trust him if he's going to have a third strike. And third strike on a Wells policy means you're fired, and they can't afford that with him, like I said, because he is one of their popular guys. So that's another reason why I think he won't, you know, join up. All right, great. All right, hey, guys, thanks a lot for uh... – taking my call tonight and uh hopefully we'll enjoy a good extreme rules pay-per-view and we'll talk to you on sunday you know it's funny when he brings up uh wwe.com i was taking wwe.com as kind of one of their uh methods of market research 
I think they just float things out there and see what the reaction is as far as fans out there. And, uh, you know, they, they tease certain things. I, you know, could it work with Orton? Orton would not be my first choice to join up with uh, Paul Heyman. Oh, if, if, if Cena wins tonight, I mean, I would toy with having Ryback uh, join Heyman's stable, at least uh, in losing – you know, you could play a whole, you know, he needed my guidance, and uh, it could help if he loses again uh, to bring him on board. Uh, you know, Ryback, like I said, a Cesaro, uh, even guys like Cody and, and Sandow would all be guys I, I would put in that position before I'd put uh, a Randy Orton. Uh, it would be interesting, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I'd plug him into the that, uh, that stable and uh, – you know, I think WWE.com, they just kind of float things out there. Let's see what uh, how fans are going to react to a in storyline idea. Um, I, I, I wouldn't take much. 3-4-8-3-8-9-8-1-5 is the number to call. We are talking extreme rules. And, uh, you know, interesting, Dave, uh, the Shield. A lot of wrestling talk. A lot of people are excited what the Shield brings to the table. Uh, are we going to see something significant out of the Shield? The storyline or winning the, uh, but they are a, a team has retired. Uh, we're splitting pay-per-views, so we're getting that uh, three-man or six-man tag match. Uh, we're getting legit tag champions match, uh, although uh, a tornado rules and a U.S. championship match, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, again, as much as this, this team, this faction has dominated a lot of WWE programming as of late, uh, another skies uh, a match for some significant storyline-wise out of the Shield tonight. Yeah, I think we'll see. I mean, a lot. Of, everyone on the internet is talking that they're going to win all the gold and it's going to, you know, they're, they're, they're going to dominate. Um, I could see that being very possible. However, um, I think my prediction is one of the two Shield matches, somebody's going to walk away from them with the gold. Um, I can't predict this to say who that's going to be, whether it's the you know tag of Rollins and Reigns or if it's um, – or if it's going to be, you know, uh, just Ambrose in a singles. But um, the way they've been pushing them and the way that they've been, you know, portraying their characters on television, they are a very dominant force. Um, I think, you know, we're going to see we're going to see the beginning, at least as far as tonight goes, from, you know, the Shield to be, you know, an even more dominant force on television and in WWE storylines. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going with a prediction that one of the two – is going to walk away with all the gold. That's a safe bet for me. Yeah, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, one of the things, uh, Team Hell No, and they've been pretty popular uh, for a long period of time. Two guys who were established as single stars have made this tag team work. Uh, your thoughts, this finally the night, do we see uh, just the differences between uh, Daniel Bryant and Kane come to a head? Uh, they've they've worked, you know, they've kind of put their differences aside, but they're still lingering. Uh, you know, do we see something tonight where this team finally splits up and goes uh, back into singles competition? Uh, you know, do we see, is this the match we see them bring home the gold? What are your thoughts on uh, the tag team 
title match between uh, Hell No and The Shield? Well, first of all, I think it's going to be a really good match. Tornado rules, you know, guys are going to be all over the place. It might make its way out to the into the audience. Um, if you remember, the Shield's first match on WWE television was actually a pay-per-view um, in a TLC match involving Ryback and uh, Hell No. And, you know, they got great chemistry together. They work really well together, both sides. Um, I think tonight, as far as... Um, you know, the, 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 the potential split up with Daniel Bryan and Kane, I don't think we'll see a full split right away. I think we're going to see the beginning stages of the final time that these guys, you know, have had it with each other and split up. I think this will probably build up for, you know, it will be the turning point tonight, and then in a couple of weeks they might split up. Maybe they'll set something up for the next pay-per-view. But before the next, I would say, couple of weeks, maybe even a month is over, you won't see Daniel Bryan and Kane as a regular tag team anymore. Yeah, and it, it, it should be interesting. I mean, hopefully we have something with the seeds planted tonight. Uh, prediction? I mean, I'll get the prediction for this match. First prediction of the the night. Uh, I do think that this is at least one of the matches that we're going to see the Shield come home with the gold. And like you said, the seeds are planted uh, in this match. And uh, we'll get into the on the other side of the I think I, I, I would agree with you. I think we're going to see um, Rollins and Reigns uh, walk out with the gold. Even if Ambrose doesn't win in the United States Championship match with Kofi, I think um, we might see the Freebird rule instituted. Um, and maybe Ambrose will have a piece of the tag team titles along with the other two. Um, you know, during this reign. And I think this reign with the Shield will be a very dominant reign um, for several months to come. You know, hell, maybe even for, you know, almost almost a year. I mean, you know, Kane and Daniel Bryan have had a long tag team title reign. I don't see why not. The Shield wouldn't have the same thing. Um, and I think this will be stages of – this will be the beginning stages of having the tag team division itself um, – Slowly get rebuilt. They 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 they've done a pretty decent job in the past year or so. I think um, this will get the Shield more over and the tag team titles more over by having these guys who have had a great run and have been undefeated as a team um, to put over the tag team championships and make them feel more important. Three four seven eight three nine eight one five is the number to call. We are talking Extreme Rules all night tonight going to be a tremendous pay-per-view and uh you know what on the other side of the break we have one mr fred altman on so we're going to take a break for the news and then we're going to have you know him as tugboat maybe you know him as typhoon we're going to talk to him on the other side of the break Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call but for now we're going to go with a 50 day five news report Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show every Sunday night at the top of the hour. Our first story this week, Brian Doherty of Reason.com published a blog this week with speculation that current WWE Tag Team Champion Kane, real name Glenn Jacobs, is rumored to run for the Tennessee Senate seat against Republican Lamar Alexander. Although this is purely speculation at this point, sources closest to Kane have confirmed that the WWE star would consider a primary campaign. Kane holds a degree in English literature and has been known to display a wide knowledge and interest in the political realm. If he decides to run, it's expected to be for the Republican Party. 
TNA star and former X Division champion Zima Ion sent out a tweet earlier this week stating he had been rushed to the hospital for severe stomach pains. Turns out Ion ended up having appendicitis and had his appendix removed. Capcans also revealed a tumor on his colon, and surgery is expected to try and remove it. Ion's girlfriend, Jessica Recco, has set up an online fundraiser to help defray the medical costs since he does not have the proper health care coverage. Head on over to GiveForward.com for more information. In TNA news, more TNA news, TNA star James Storm tweeted this week that he did not suffer a hernia after refereeing a tag team match on last week's Impact Wrestling broadcast, but suffered a partial torn ab, abdomen and an abductor strain, a.k.a. a groin pull. He did not indicate a potential timeline for his in-ring return. This is an interesting one. Former WWE superstar, Brian Christopher, a.k.a. Grandmaster Sexay, the son of WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, has released a song titled Puppies from his forthcoming CD. Jerry the King Lawler is featured in the track, and the CD is described by music critics as being country music. The song is available for free preview on iTunes. If you want to purchase a song on iTunes, it'll only cost you 99 cents. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but that's <laughs> up to you. And in our final story this week, the head of the WWE Hall of Fame 2013 class, Bruno Sammartino, was honored Friday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For the 50th anniversary of him winning the WWF title on that date back in 1963, WTAE Television released a video noting it was claimed Bruno Sammartino Day in the city of Pittsburgh in honor of the legendary wrestler's accomplishments. Friday nights, Me TV, 11 p.m., check it out, On Fire Wrestling. The host of this show, Ken Reedy, will also host that show every Friday night with his tag team partner, the often unpredictable Ray Ray Mars. And our friends over at the gun show, all kinds of crazy hijinks, El Rapundo, Genioso, Bob Arian, and Steve Off. Season 9, check it out, The Gun Show, YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. And there you have it, folks. That is the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on The Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Thanks, Dave, for that news report. And we're going to go right out to the phones because on the line, again, you knew him as Tugboat, Typhoon. We got Fred on the line. Fred, are you there? I'm right here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, let's get right into it. I mean, you know, when you got into wrestling or you got into the WWF at the time, I mean, wrestling. What was it the climb wrestling for you to jump in and it was at such a fever pitch? I didn't catch the whole question. You had to take an ask me again. You were breaking up a little bit. Are you there? Hello, you there? I'm here. All right, yeah, I was like breaking up a little bit. Okay, you got I cannot hear you. Your uh, connection? I, I cannot hear anything now. 
talk next. Sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, hopefully, we'll back on. Uh, thank you for for giving us a call. If we can't get you get you in this evening, we'll try and get you in uh, at another time. But uh, connection not so good. Uh, you never know. Sometimes you know cell phones and calling the show. It's uh, it's not always. And Fred, uh, out there in Florida. So uh, you know, again, Fred, you know, try and give us a call back. Uh, if not, we'll try and get on the later show. But let's uh, continue to talk. Extreme Rules. we got Extreme Rules tonight. 347-838-9815 is the number to call for Extreme Rules. We're talking a bit about the Shield before the break. Um, let's the Shield after the break. Uh, aside from the match, we have a U.S. title match. Again, looking to see, uh, you know, the Shield bring home gold for the first time. Dean Ambrose to get uh, some gold. Uh, I'm one of those guys. I think that the the shield is going to come home with all the gold tonight. I know that's the rulings, and I will agree. Get the shield. Dave, are you there? I am here. You're you're, you're breaking up. <laughs> ah, technology. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh- Hello. We're having some problems, I think, with our phones this evening. On an extreme rules, we're having extreme phone right now. It's... Getting out these phones right now. We got Justin on the line, so let's see if we can get Justin on, and then we can get things working with the phones, trying to get those... Uh, the issue squared away here. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's see if Justin comes in. Justin, are you there? Justin, are you there? And he's not there. I'm flying solo at this moment right now. Uh, if you guys listen out there, you let me know if you're at least hearing the show. Uh, obviously, we're having some phone issues. Don't know what's going on out there. Trying to. Squared away, you know, we got spoiled for a little bit. We've had these, we've had phone issues in the past, um, and now we're having phone problems in the future, in the present. So uh, we're going to try and get these things squared away. I apologize, uh, trying to get uh, things squared away here. Again, on the show thread on Facebook, you guys that are listening, am I at least coming in clearly uh, on the feed? I know we're having issues with the phones. Uh, let's see. Are you here? I hear uh, extreme tech issues. <laughs> uh, yes, extreme Sunday, extreme tech issues. Let's see if we can get these things squared away right now. All right, you can hear me, so that is a good thing, I guess. Depending on your opinion on the show, uh, we're going to try and get Dave back on the line. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, we got Dave on the line. Let's see if he can hear me now. Let's go back out there. Dave, can you hear me? I am here. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, Al, what is going on? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right, we're back. I hope so. <laughs> Time being, I, I don't know what happened. You know, there's there's uh there are some storms in the area. I don't know if that's affecting the feed right now, but hopefully we can uh, keep going without uh, a problem. Again, apologies to Fred Altman. It looks like we're having some issues with the phones. We will try to reschedule him and get him back on because definitely want to talk uh, with him. But uh, Dave, the U.S. title match tonight. What are your thoughts on Dean Ambrose and Kofi Kingston? I think it's going to be a hell of a match. Um, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of people are predicting the idea of you know the Shield taking away all the gold. I kind of have a feeling they might not go that route. Although I have a, a stronger feeling that it's they seem to they seem to have a lot of stock and faith in Ambrose. And, you know, they put him in the ring in a one-on-one match with The Undertaker. They put him in there with Kane. So, I mean, I think I think he'll take away the gold. And another thing that's interesting, too, is the way that they have spoken about, you know, Kofi Kingston going into this match and what kind of, a you know, impact this could have on him winning or losing. Um, we've talked about a possible Kofi heel turn for a few months. Um, I think it might – the seeds might be planted if he loses the United States Championship tonight to Dean Ambrose. But I'm going to go back on my on my original prediction. I'll, I'm going to have to go with Dean Ambrose. I will. I do believe, you know, thinking about it more and more, that the Shield will take all the goals. And, and it's funny because we're agreeing a lot again. Uh, as as you were breaking up, I had said the same thing that I think that uh, we're going to see Dean Ambrose walk away with the U.S. title uh, again. You know, I I said it before. I think this is going to be a show stealer. Uh, should be a tremendous matchup. And this is going to be, as much as we've talked about the Shield and how much they're over and how important they are and how they keep, uh, they're keep they using them and, and they, are, they are the future. They are the future of this business. Uh, to me, this is their coming out. Tonight, they're, this is their coming out party. Uh, they're going to win gold tonight. If, and I'm not saying it, it it's a definite, you know, but they've, they've hinted at it. I'm not, I don't really think it's going to happen. But if, there were to be a fourth member added. I think we'll see it tonight. I think this is a night where they've wrapped up a lot of storyline in the Shield. I think something very significant is going to happen with the Shield. Aside from those uh, two titles being won, I would not be surprised even a little bit if in some way, shape, or form we see the Shield get themselves involved in the championship match uh, John Cena versus Ryback. A difficult match to call. A uh, difficult match to predict. Uh, you can make a case for both guys. The reasons why both guys could win. If my if my prediction was to come true, we'll get a John Cena heel turn tonight. But that's not going to happen. Jeez, uh, I don't even know why I said that. Because uh, it was it's a, WrestleMania. That's why you said it. Well, <laughs> It was WrestleMania last month. That's why you said it. I just got caught up in it. I got caught up in it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, John Cena beats his his most uh, indomitable foe in The Rock, wins the title at WrestleMania. 
to drop it, not the best title run, obviously. Um, but at the same time, Ryback losing again going after the WWE title is not the best thing for that character. So it's a it's a tough match to predict. It's a tough match, you know, if you're thinking creatively, you know, what is the right direction? Um, I don't know. I can't say that I would definitively go with either guy as being the, the definite right direction to go. Um, I don't know predicting-wise. I... And I don't know match-wise how this match is going to play itself out. Uh, it's interesting, the two styles. I, I don't know if they'll mesh well. Uh, I do kind of agree uh, with what Tony said, that the build and the storyline everything of Triple H and Brock Lesnar has been better. That match, to me, has more of a close-the-show kind of feel to it. Um, I am assuming... If I had to bet money that we're going to we're going to see John Cena and Ryback close the show out, uh, perhaps we see some Shield involvement. I mean, what are your thoughts on this championship match tonight? Um, I do agree with Tony. The build has been kind of lackluster. Um, in the beginning, it was pretty solid, you know, with the Ryback attack, and I didn't really care for the excuse as to why he attacked John Cena, but it made a semblance of sense, so to speak. Um, and then going forward, you know, Cena had the, the untimely injury. Um, his his status was questionable. They're trying to build up Ryback to be this, you know, unforgivable monster of a heel. Um, but John Cena is, you know, taking it very lightly. There's two ways it can go with this. Um, one, he could, you know, take him very lightly and, and they could surprise us all and have Ryback win the title, um, you know, for shock value. Or two in a case where there's been with many last-man-standing matches, we may see a double count-out, so to speak, where both guys are incapacitated and they both can't reach the 10 count. I think that all depends on the placing of the matches on the show. If this match is going to close out the show, you're going to get a definitive winner. If this match is going to go second to last or, you know, earlier in the in the, in the, in the pay-per-view broadcast, then you, we will probably see a finish of that kind. Um you know, like you said, Triple H Brock Lesnar has the build to be the main event, the last match on the show. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that takes place. But um, I'm going to go with I'm going my prediction for this match. I don't think we're going to see a winner. This is going to extend a little further between the two of them. Um, you know, for the next month or two, and uh, this is an excuse for you know. Cena just won the belt, so he can't drop it. And two, they're trying to build up Ryback as a you know a, a force and a threat in the title picture. And him losing again in the WWE Championship match wouldn't be good in the long run for him if they're trying to make him a you know main event player at the top of the you know the WWE. So I'm going to go with you know a double count out for for both guys. Interesting prediction. I like it. Um, I was I was actually, you know, I got to go. I mean, I like that prediction, but I got to go with uh, my original prediction was going to be that just John Cena is going to win. And I'm really curious to see uh, what they're going to do with Ryback going going forward. Um, and I am really curious. I think I, it would not surprise me at all uh, if we see the Shield uh, get involved here. Although I, I got to say, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Shield get involved uh Elsewhere, aside from their two matches, uh, in, in any match on the card, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And now we're going to try the phones again because we got Justin on the line. 
Justin, how are you there? Hi, Ken. Hey, Justin. How are you? I missed you, man. Miss you, too. Tonight, now we're just talking on Cena. What about Edge? <laughs> I don't believe wrestling this evening. Um, but in terms of Ryback, who do you think? I'll be John Cena. You think Cena's gonna? Hey, you're breaking up. Hey, wow. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, I'm back up. Hello? <laughs> so we're going to have to let you know what's going on. Dave, are you still there at least? I am still here. That's awesome. So <laughs> that's something. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm still trying to figure out uh, what exactly is going on on the phone. So uh, give us a call. We'll try to get you on. Now, I'm not promising anything. Not promising that you're actually going to be on. Uh, you guys that are helping us out on, on the Facebook show chat, uh, thank you so much. Because while I'm here in the studio, honestly, I don't know what's going out over the airs, <laughs> the airwaves. So, uh, you know, keep us informed if you can. If you're listening on uh, the Facebook, just uh, if we're breaking up, if the show's cutting out, please just uh, pop on the old Facebook and let us know you're not hearing us. Because, uh, I don't know what exactly is going on. We might have uh, some issues because of the storms in the area. Um, or, you know, maybe it's just uh, we're talking all extreme rules and somewhere, uh, you know, Dixie Carter is sabotaging the show. Who knows what's going on? But uh, we're going to try and run this show the best we possibly can. So uh, give us a call, 347-838-9815, talking extreme rules, and uh, we'll try to get you on uh, trying to work through these tech issues. But you know what, Dave? Tech issues. Not necessarily a new ground for us. No, we've experienced it here and uh and and more recently uh over at Ironbound. Oh, did I say that? Oops. You did. And we also uh, you know, we, we tried to do a, a live show uh a while back out from the studios and then we had some tech issues there. So, you know, it happens. Um, unfortunately it happened, so we'll, we'll try and get through it tonight. Thank you all for tuning in and sticking with us. Uh, this is the Ken Reese Show, the best in pro wrestling talk, talking WWE Extreme Rules. Uh, Dave, you know, we're talking about the Shield. We're talking about championship match, Ryback versus Cena. We're talking, uh, you know, where the Shield could, you know, poke their nose. They've obviously gotten involved with John Cena and Ryback in the past. Uh, do you see the Shield getting themselves involved in this match or perhaps another match on the card? I could see them getting involved in this match. They've had interaction with both John Cena and Ryback in the build towards the championship match. They've kind of dabbled. They've been a little bit everywhere, so to speak, um, since WrestleMania. Uh, they really haven't focused their sights on one particular individual, you know, Daniel Bryan, Kane, Kofi Kingston, John Cena, Ryback, um, you know, I, I made this. I made a point about this. I want to say on last week's show or the previous week's show, but uh, you know, John, uh, uh, the the Shield. Um, you know, I, the one person they really have a little bit of unfinished business with is Triple H. Um, you know, I, I 
This is not a prediction of mine. I said this a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. It's not a prediction of mine, but I could see the Shield attacking Triple H after the match with Brock Lesnar and laying him out and writing Triple H off of television, and then you could potentially set something up with Triple H and the Shield, whether it be for SummerSlam or whether you wait till next year's WrestleMania to do it. I think that's very possible. Um, You know, the Shield has got loads of stock in terms of, you know, everyone, uh, you know, behind them in the company. Triple H even, you know, and, and here's another reason why I say this. Somebody asked Triple H on Twitter, I believe, yesterday or today, what your opinions are of Dean Ambrose, and he said, bright future, in quotes. Uh, so we may see, you know, could it be possible we could see the Shield attack Triple H after his match with Brock Lesnar? It's possible. Um, I'd kind of like to see it. That's just me being a fan. Um and, of course, you know, you can see the Shield get involved in the last man standing match to cost both guys the opportunity to, to for, the, for the title and for the win. So, I I mean, safe bet, I'm going to go with they're, they're already on the show, you know, twice in, in two different matches. I don't see them being all over the pay-per-view, but if they got some serious plans for these guys, it might be a, it might be a good move on the company's part to get them involved in, you know, uh, the finish or involved in some other match of some other kind. Yeah, let's get into that match. I mean, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, uh, uh, a match that we've talked about, that the storyline, uh, the build for this match has been very good. I've enjoyed it. I think, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, critics, I think uh, Triple H gets a lot of undue criticism uh, out there. I think he's he's always been a tremendous competitor. I've always found him entertaining. Uh, he brings an intensity uh, to the ring, to the matches, to his character. Um, this is an interesting matchup to me because there are certain phrasings. Now, for me, admittedly, I could be reading into it a little more than I should be. But we saw last year at Extreme Rules from Brock Lesnar, uh, we have a, a more... Uh, a better built storyline with Triple H and Lesnar uh, coming into this Extreme Rules. Uh, You know, a bloody match last year, a violent match last year between Lesnar and Cena. Uh, Heyman throwing in an old school uh, cage match. Uh, Terms like old school. Uh, You know, saying things like, I'm always the one holding Brock Lesnar back. Now I'm going to let him go. Um, do we see something that lives up to the violence of Cena Lesnar last year? Uh, do we see an extreme, a truly extreme matchup tonight? Do we, uh, do we see these guys tear each other up? I'm really looking forward to this match, and I think the uh, physicality could be tremendous. These guys have had a long rivalry going back to last year. Um, I'm looking for these guys to deliver on a really... Violent matchup, difficult matchup to predict because we've discussed who go like who goes over here. Uh, you can make the case for both guys. Uh, for me, I think it makes the most sense for Lesnar to go over. Uh, if you know, I don't know if we see a Shield beatdown. Maybe after the match, uh, like you said, uh, he's looking for that that retirement quote unquote pop or that just nostalgia pop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, after losing. Uh, but I 
I say Lesnar goes over. Uh, maybe we see the Shield involved during the match. But my prediction is we see Lesnar with the win to try and uh, – not that you have to really build him, but he's lost a number of matches. So to continue to have him as your big monster – in the company, uh, I would say Lesnar, but I'm looking forward to an incredibly violent, violent, old school kind of cage match. Uh, that's what I want to see tonight. Your thoughts, Dave? I think it's going to be a very physical match. It's going to be very violent. Um, you know, it, Triple H is, you know, he's been known for, you know, politicking to have things go in his favor. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this match closes the show and really amps up the violence factor um, being the most violent match on the card. Um, the one thing that I think, and from what I've heard, I should say, um, if you noticed last week in the uh, closing segment of Raw when Triple H kind of knocked Lesnar out of the cage and went through the door, um, the company, I don't think, I mean, they, for the most part, they have the idea that, you know, they need to make Lesnar look strong, and Triple H not, you know, being on television as much, it's not going to make much of a difference if he were to win the match. But it, because these two guys are such polarizing figures on television, um, there's been talk of the finish possibly being one guy knocking the other guy out through the door, and the guy falls out and wins the match. And really nobody loses, in a sense, because there was no decisive pinfall. I think if the match is a straight-up wrestling match inside of a steel cage, it's with these two guys, it's not going to work. It's got to be like a, a brawl, a beatdown, a, you know, a very physical, violent match. And I think that's what we're going to see. And, you know, the other thing, too, that I think we're also going to see in this match that really hasn't been exploited as much, it has been to a, to a small degree, but, you know, They've talked about Lesnar's background in a cage being a, MMA, a former MMA fighter, you know, in the UFC. I think we're going to see, you know, Lesnar use that cage to his advantage um, with a lot of MMA technique. I wouldn't be surprised if at times this match, yes, it could be very violent, but at this time this match is very slow and prodding and it might come off very boring to, you know, to a lot of wrestling fans, but, um, I'm going to go with the bold prediction and say that Brock Lesnar wins this match. Um, they got plans for him, and, you know, Triple H is such a big name that if he were to lose this match, he can come back and still look good and strong as ever and move on to something else. But I think we're, this this match will be, you know, the, this, regardless of the outcome, whether who wins or loses, this will be the final time I think we see these two in the ring against each other, and they're both going to move forward, whether Hunter gets off the TV or stays on television and does something else with somebody or, you know, vice versa with Brock Lesnar. But I'm going with the win for Brock. It's interesting as we're talking about the storylines and these, these two going at it. Um, I'm curious your thoughts because we, we've talked about it a little bit and we've had uh, callers call in. Where where would you put this match? As far as if you were booking tonight's pay-per-view, where do you put this match? Well, really, it all depends on what the company wants to do moving forward. Um, you know, a lot of times on pay-per-views, they like to have, you know, the baby face close out the show and send the fans home happy. Um, you know, it, it really hinges on, you know, the outcome of the John Cena Ryback match, what they, what, what they want to get out of that. So I would put this on last, and I would, I mean... I would put this on last. I'd have Lesnar win the match and show that he's a dominant force and, you know, leave the cage and, you know, 
not to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I'm, you know, I, I, I'd go with the idea of the Shield attacking Triple H after the match. And I wouldn't say doing something shocking, but, like, really get people talking at the end of this pay-per-view. Like, wow, like, these guys are for real now. They just beat up Triple H. Like, you know, write him off of television. Kind of make, the, in my opinion, kind of make this the, the Shield's night, you know? And, and like you said, they're coming out party. And you could start, you know, setting in stone what you want to do heading towards whether it be SummerSlam or even next year's WrestleMania. Um, I would close this out and, uh, you know, have uh, Lesnar win and, you know, do that idea with the Shield that I brought up. I would agree with you. I think that that, uh, that image even, you know, if, if, if predictions go the way we're talking tonight and we have Ambrose and uh, Reigns and Rollins, and they all successful in winning championships, and let's just say we have what we're saying, we're predicting here, a really violent matchup between Lesnar and, and Triple H. Um, it, it's not only just, it, it's, it would be a cool moment, and it's also, it, it would be very symbolic. Uh, like we said, you know, the Shield, they're the future. They are the future of this business. And future looks good, but, you know, when we talk about wrestling and cards and, and going forward, Next few years, the, the the cards at pay-per-views is going to start to look much different, and we're going to see these younger guys getting more prominent roles, and and some of these you know veterans starting to get phased out. And tonight, if you have those three win their titles, so three, all three members of the Shield have belts. You have Lesnar Triple H, uber violent matchup, a broken and battered Triple H in the middle of the ring, fighting, struggling to get to his feet after Lesnar and Heyman leave. Stands up, gets that little pop right there. Maybe a a thank you Triple H chant or something for for Triple H. He's about to go out. He's He's kind of nodding to the crowd. Then the shield runs in and beats the holy hell out of an already battered Triple H and they stand over his broken body holding three championship belts. To me, that is an image that, that is just, it shows where the company's going. Just uh, the image of the veteran Triple H, the past, uh, being dismantled by the future. Uh, that is an image that I think works for the pay-per-view. It sells the pay-per-view. It gets wrestling fans talking. It is an image that both the internet wrestling community as well as other wrestling fans would be talking about. Uh, the internet wrestling community would go gaga over that sort of uh, image to close out the pay-per-view. So I agree with you, Dave. I think that would be tremendous. The problem is, though, as much as I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking that would be so cool if that's how the pay-per-view ends, I just have this sneaky feeling that booking-wise that we're still going to see John Cena and Ryback close the show. Now, again, we don't know how that close is going to go and if we're going to see something crazy happen at the end there. Uh, but I do agree with you. I think the Triple H with the Shield coming in, that is a way to really kind of drive the point home that th- these guys are here to stay and this is the future of this business. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. We're going to attempt to get the callers on because we've had some issues uh, we're going to go out right now. Cole, are you there? Hello. 
Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Looks like we are still having phone issues, so I apologize. Uh, try and get that stuff squared away. I don't know what's going on with uh, the phones right now, uh, so apologies. Uh, you know, this usually doesn't happen on our Sunday show, but uh, tech issues happen. Dave, you're still there? Yes, I'm still here. All right, good. So we have one phone line working. We got Dave on board. We'll try and get through. Thank you guys for your support. Again, uh, you know, give us a on Facebook. Let us know. Make sure things are still coming through on your computer and your phones and everything that you're listening in on. But as of right now, it looks like the phones are not working. So we're going to keep talking about Extreme Rules. The match is going up. We're talking about the Shield and their involvement. Uh, got a lot of other great matchups going. We talked earlier in the show. Dolph Ziggler not on the card, and so changes in the card. We have a matchup between uh, Jack Swagger and Del Rio, uh, an I Quit match. Uh, I have liked everything that these these guys have done, all these factions going on. Uh, who knows? Maybe we have some AJ and uh, Big E involvement in this match tonight. Uh, who knows where this matchup is going to go. Uh, another Dave, I'm excited about this match. Again, another matchup where I don't think you can look at this match and give me a clear-cut definitive who's going to win. You are exactly correct. I was feeling the same way. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few different ways you can go with this. Um, I think depending on the time frame and how long Dolph Ziggler is going to be out, the rumor that I heard, um, I I. I put up a post on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, earlier this week where there was talk of doing Dolph Ziggler, Del Rio, and Jack Swagger in a triple threat ladder match at SummerSlam, um, which indicates that those two individuals, Swagger and Del Rio, are going to be involved in the world title picture somehow um, heading towards that pay-per-view. That's, you know, all, you know, a little over three months away. Um, so that's a long time. Um, I don't know how they can facilitate a storyline with these two, with possibly these three individuals, unless you were to break them off and separate them. Um, they would have to come up with a few different uh, creative ways to keep them all interlinked with each other heading towards SummerSlam. Uh, however, um, I personally think that, Jack Swagger is the one that's going to need this victory more than Alberto Del Rio. I'm not saying that, you know, either one is more over than the other, but I think considering the concussion that Dolph Ziggler suffered at the hands of Jack Swagger, I think it would be more interesting to have Swagger win tonight and have him face Ziggler possibly at the next pay-per-view. And you already have this built-in story that, Swagger was the one that cost Ziggler the opportunity to defend the title at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view by kicking him in the face and, and giving him a concussion. Um, on the other hand, you also have Del Rio, and you know if Del Rio were to win, you have 
Del Rio and, and Ziggler, and you have the storyline that Ziggler cashed in his money in the bank on Del Rio, and Del Rio wants his rightful one-on-one title shot. As a matter of fact, if you've been following the story correctly, um, for, for some of you out there, Del Rio never officially has gotten a one-on-one rematch. It's been turned, it got turned into that triple threat ladder match. He had to win a match to get a, to, to get the pick a stipulation to be a contender, um, which was kind of a little ass backwards in my opinion, but they still have that notion that Del Rio can get his one-on-one shot with Ziggler. Um, but I, I firmly believe Swagger needs this more than Del Rio. Um, there's been stories of they could go the route that, you know, Swagger makes Del Rio quit in the cross, in the, 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 the Patriot lock, his version of the ankle lock, but Del Rio doesn't say, I quit. Ricardo throws in the towel for Del Rio, and they call the match. They could do the Arnold Skolan, uh, you know, spot that he did with Bob Backlund when Bob Backlund lost the title to the Iron Sheik. He can kind of save face. Uh, maybe they would do the same thing with uh, Swagger if they decide to have Del Rio win with Coulter throwing in the towel. Who knows? Um, but I'm going to go with Jack Swagger on this one, and I th- and I think that um, we'll see Swagger and Ziggler for the title, whether it be a a Raw, a SmackDown, or a pay-per-view. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Jack Swagger. He's been more – I'll say this much. When he came out with Coulter, he was kind of on fire a little bit, won the Elimination Chamber, shocked everybody. Then heading into WrestleMania, he was, uh, you know, early stages of WrestleMania season. He was talked about because of his DUI arrest and because of this character along with Zeb Coulter. And that kind of that, that died down a little bit as we got closer to WrestleMania, and he lost a little bit of momentum. Um but he's shown a, a big fire and intensity in some of these segments and these interactions with both Ziggler and Swagger and, and Del Rio, particularly more with Ziggler because he kicked him in the face and gave him a concussion. So I think it it would greatly benefit Swagger if he won this uh, match and faced Del Rio, or excuse me, faced uh, Ziggler for the title. So I'm going with Jack Swagger. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Swagger as well. I think he needs it more and, you know, like you're saying, I mean, kicking him in the head, you, you'd still have these promos where uh, he could be demanding that he is the uh, rightful champion. He go out, he beat Del Rio, just hand him the belt. Strip Ziggler and hand me the belt. Uh, you know, Zeb has already said, you know, give us the belt. Um, so I think it's something that opens itself up for uh, some good promos. Uh, if they're looking at SummerSlam, obviously these three factions, factions uh, it's far from over, these guys warring with each other. Uh, but it's good stuff. It's still good TV. And as much as they've been warring for a while, I'm not bored with it. Uh, you know, SummerSlam is a ways away. We're talking August. Uh, could it get a little stale by then? Perhaps. Perhaps. But at this point, I'm enjoying it. And uh, I'd look... Uh, forward to it continuing. Uh, I, I don't think it's over. I don't think there's a blow-off match tonight, and I, I do think Swagger needs it most. Uh, I like what you're saying, Dave. You know, I didn't think in terms of that, but yeah, when you look at an I quit, uh, it would make perfect sense. You know, they played up the fact that Del Rio and Ricardo are best friends, uh, that uh, they care for each other uh, very deeply. Uh, so, uh it would make sense if uh, Del Rio just refuses to tap out and he's in absolute anguish uh, in the Patriot lock and Ricardo throws the flag in. I like that scenario. I would not be surprised see that happen. Let's move on. You know, one of the matches I'm really intrigued with, and we talked a little bit beforehand, uh, 
Sheamus versus uh, Mark Henry. You know, it's interesting because this is one of those matches that uh, I, I think the, at least to me, the winner is more obvious. I'm going to pick Sheamus in this match. Uh, he just stands to reason, uh, especially what's been going on the past few weeks. Uh, but I'm looking forward again to a pretty violent matchup. You know, Sheamus, they, they just, uh, you know, if it's Sheamus, kudos to Sheamus. I don't know if it's creative, convince Sheamus to do this, but that white skin of his in a PG era with no blood, the way he shows bruising, it, it's just, it. I find it engaging. And maybe that means I'm a little, you know, mentally unstable. But, you know, a the little? Beat, What? A little? <laughs> you know, you said you said a little, and I thought you said hello. And I was like, ah, oh, don't tell me I lost Dave again. No. <laughs> maybe slightly mentally unstable. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's something that... Uh, I think is engaging. It's entertaining. It shows the violence of their matchup. Uh, it is uh, very interesting to think about how Sheamus would drag uh, Mark Henry about the ring. Uh, but I look forward to uh, just a, just a brawl tonight with the two of them using the strap. Uh, a lot of whipping each other. Uh, should be a very entertaining matchup. I've liked everything that Mark Henry has done as of late. In fact, I've liked him so much, he did earn a nod of approval. Uh, but I am looking at Sheamus to win this strap match tonight. Your thought on this match? I'm going to go with the same prediction. I think Sheamus needs it more. Mark Henry has looked very strong and dominant. And, and Mar if Mark Henry were to lose this match, um, I don't think it would potentially hurt his standing as being a badass, big, tough guy because he can come up tomorrow night on Raw and, you know, destroy Sin Cara or whoever is out there and regain that, you know, that, that dominance that he possesses in his personality when you know on that television screen um the funny thing about this build is is that i don't know if they've intentionally done this you know if, if this is foreshadowing for something else but i, I brought it up on uh you know I, I don't know if i brought it up on the show or in one of our pre-show meetings but when they had mark henry pull those trucks and then the ring announcer said, give it up for Mark Henry, and the, and the audience applauded. You couldn't help but applaud a feat of strength like that. I don't know if they were trying to get the audience behind Mark Henry to potentially make him a baby face. And the way Sheamus has been interacting with Mark Henry you know, in his promos and the taunting, and maybe they're going to turn Sheamus heel. I don't know if we might see a double turn tonight. I have no idea. I don't know if this is something that's been done by accident or if they want to do this um, and, and turn both of them. But if Mark Henry wins here um, and shows, you know, feet to strength for dragging Sheamus, you know, over all four corners and beating the crap out of him with a strap. I wouldn't be surprised or inclined to see Mark Henry be somewhat of a badass baby face and maybe Sheamus, you know, switching his character up a bit and going back to being a heel like he originally was when he first came into the WWE. Um, that's just a that's just a, you know an, an opinion of mine, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna stick with my my prediction and say Sheamus will walk out the winner of this strap match. So there you have it. again. It's it's a love fest again. We're all agreeing on on these predictions. Um, but yeah, again, I you know again another match that I'm looking forward to being entertaining. Uh, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of uh, technical wrestling, but I, I think it's going to be a a very entertaining matchup. Uh, this strap match. Uh, 
The other match we got going on tonight, uh, we have Orton versus Big Show, uh, which, you know, it's interesting with this match. Uh, there's history, uh, which is good. Again, one of the things I do like about the pay-per-view, and we've discussed uh, throughout the evening, is each match, at least, there's something. Uh, there is a storyline. Now, we can critique creatively what we think of each storyline. Uh, like we said, Cena Ryback, eh, but there's something. There is a storyline there. Uh, some have been built much better, like uh, Triple H and Brock Lesnar. Uh, the storyline with Orton and Big Show uh, started, I guess, I guess you'd say it started before WrestleMania, where uh, Orton, against maybe his better just judgment, decides that he's going to trust one Big Show. And live to regret that trust. And so at this point in time, these two are going to get it on at Extreme Rules. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I can't say that I hate the storyline. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily enthralled by it, but I get it. You know, I get where they're going with it. Um, I'm not overly excited about this matchup, but it is an interesting matchup as far as uh, who will win. Um, I don't think, as much as the rumors have uh, been out there, as you said earlier, Dave, uh, you know, I think they're very cautious about giving Orton any sort of uh, very significant storyline. Uh, the the winner of this match, I, I, I think that they'll go with the obvious, and I think we'll see uh, Randy Orton coming out on top, uh, although if Big Show were to win, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I would think maybe on the card... When I'm going through all the matches, perhaps the match I'm, I'm least looking forward to, although I think it's got potential to be entertaining. Your thoughts on this match? And the love fest continues because I agree with you. I, I'm not in favor of this storyline. Um, the one, the only thing that really intrigues me about this um, is the fact that and it really hasn't been exploited too much on television, but if, you know, like you said, this went, you know, way beyond before WrestleMania where Orton had, you know, put in a good word to get Big Show on the team against the Shield, yet Orton kind of, you know, uh, hot-shotted a, a, a tag to get into the match, and that's what cost them the match, and that's what cost Big Show to snap. Um and he was upset by that because he wanted to prove to the team that, you know, he, he can hold up his end and, and, and eventually, you know, pull out a win for them at WrestleMania, um, which kind of makes Orton look like a jerk in some ways, but uh, that's not what they were trying to portray, I guess. I don't really know what they're trying to portray with this. Um, I, I don't see a heel turn by Randy Orton. That's that's the first thing. Let me get that out there for everybody. I don't see it. He's in his hometown of St. Louis. I do see a victory with him, and I, I see, you know, these two just kind of going their separate ways after this, and then they'll figure out what they want to do. Um, I do think that the winner of this match um, will probably be facing, will probably get involved in a storyline with the guy who's not going to face Dolph Ziggler for the world title, whether it be Swagger or Del Rio. I think one of these guys, you know, he'll give the other guy something to do while the winner of the I Quit match gets the title shot, um, but they'll transfer them back into the storyline. Um, so I'm going to go with a Randy Orton win here. And there you have it. We're just agreeing way too much. So we, you know, it's funny because I, I feel like earlier, you know, when we started the show, we 
we disagreed more often on, on storylines and, and predictions. Uh, I feel like we're agreeing more and more. I guess uh, we, we've been doing this a while now, but uh, agreeing on most matches and, and predictions. Uh, again, I think you know, and it's funny when when you know now that we, we talked about the matches. I do think this match will be entertaining. Um, you know, I, I again, it's not a match that I'm overly looking forward to, but. Like we said earlier, I think top to bottom we're looking at a, a decent card and a, an entertaining card, and I'm hoping that they deliver on uh, what I think could be a very good pay-per-view. But we've reached that portion in our program. It's time. The Ken Reedy Show, not overproven. portion of our program and we pick something in the world of wrestling that we we saw we watched we noticed we read about that we just sat back and you just said yeah that works and you nodded to yourself because it just worked and we do this each and every week our nod of approval dave who gets your nod this week um well you know i go through every week i watch all the shows and i try to you know pinpoint something and there were a couple of things that i liked but there really wasn't anything that kind of jumped out at me but in reference to what we were speaking about at the beginning of our show i was really excited and enthralled with i wouldn't say enthralled but you know i was really excited you know to see jericho and antonio cesaro um compete in a, in a very competitive match and I liked the match in general. I didn't like the finish. I didn't like what happened after the match, um, but I did like the work, you know, but with the two of them and they worked really well together and you know, maybe, you know, hopefully depending on what Jericho's schedule's like and if they decide to have any faith in Antonio Cesaro, maybe we'll see the two of them in some sort of a storyline or program. Um, so I, my, my nod, of the, nod of the week went to uh, the Jericho Antonio Cesaro match from uh, Friday Night SmackDown. I thought it was just a really good match, and you know I enjoyed it. And uh, that's that. Good stuff. It was a very good match. And again, earlier in the show, we talked about uh, Cesaro. Really hoping that we see some more substantial storylines in this guy because this guy's gold in the ring. Uh, good nod. My nod actually this week uh, is going to uh, Triple H, and it's kind of a it's it's a collective nod. Uh, it's it's for this week, and, uh, you know, so far what I've seen out of him in running the company, uh, you know, as he's moving more and more into a leadership role in the front offices. Uh, first off, I, I liked how Raw ended. I liked the physicality. I've enjoyed that. I think that the storyline between him and Brock Lesnar is the most engaging going into this pay-per-view. So uh, for the on-screen stuff, I, he gets my nod. But also, you know, uh he was there. He's, uh, you know, had a lot to do with this week. WWE uh, donated one point, I think it's one point two million dollars to the Sports Legacy Institute. Uh, they do CTE research. Uh, Chris Nowitzki, uh, former wrestler, is involved in this foundation. It's going to be the one point two million dollars over a few years, but they're donating their concussion research, and uh, I think it's a tremendous job by the WWE and Triple H to get themselves involved. Uh, in this, uh, obviously, concussions uh, affects a lot of wrestlers as well as uh, other sports. And, uh, you know, the more research that we can do, the more things we can find out as far as causes and treatment and, you know, overall long-term health, uh, obviously, is very beneficial to 
not only wrestling but all sports. So kudos uh, to Triple H and the WWE for donating uh, to that cause. And you know, it, it like I said, it's an overall feel. From now, now, not everything is is a home run, and I get that. But as Triple H has moved more into a leadership role, uh, you know, we spoke on the the youth movement. Uh, times are changing. Uh, I look at a lot of the changes as as moving in a positive direction, and I don't think they're there yet. And I think there's a lot of things that they have to fix. But we've seen you know, a youth movement. We've seen the start of, you know, perhaps the tag team division being rebuilt. And a lot of what uh, you hear Triple H's influences behind the scenes, I think is a good thing. So uh, he gets my nod for for that aspect as well. So collectively for on screen and behind the scenes, what Triple H has done this week, he gets my nod. And there you have it. Uh, Cesaro versus Jericho and Triple H. They get our nods of approval. The Ken Reedy Show nod of approval. <sighs> and a secondary nod to everyone who, uh, all you fans out there that continue to stick with us. Again, uh, Apologies for the tech difficulties we had tonight. Uh know it happens. Uh, so we, we hopefully get squared away. I don't know what's going on with the phones. But uh, we'll get you on. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Uh, and we'll be talking Extreme Rules uh, reaction as well as uh, the aftermath of Monday Night Raw. So we'll be talking all, all about that on Tuesday. And uh, God willing, fingers crossed, that we'll, uh, we'll have all the phones working. So... Again, thank you guys for supporting us and continuing to listen, and we'll get that stuff fixed up. And, again, apologies out to Fred Ottman. Uh, we're going to try and reschedule him. Uh, something was going on with the phone, so uh, we'll get him back on. But on the positive side, we're in an Extreme Rules Sunday, Extreme Rules pay-per-view. This is our pregame this evening, and uh, I'm looking forward to a very good pay-per-view tonight. Um Dave, we talked about all the matches. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, themes and storylines. Uh, how excited are you going into tonight? I'm pretty excited only in the sense that we're seeing uh, a few WrestleMania rematches and, and guys that have been involved in storylines for a several amount of months, and I think the majority of some of these storylines are finally going to come to a close and we're going to see guys branch off and move in different directions. Uh, the question is, for me, is um, – how they're going to execute that and where they're going to and where they're going to go. So that's the most excitement I have. The matches itself, I'm, I'm for the most part, like I said, I'm looking forward to it and excited. Um, you know, I'm hoping to be. You know, my thing is, I'm hoping to be surprised and and shocked and you know satisfied at the end of the pay per view. Um, and that's 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 what I want. I think that's what most wrestling fans want. So that's my feeling on it. Yeah, I think I think you're a hundred percent hit the nail on the head there. I, I, you know, as a wrestling fan, and as someone, and look, you know, we we are fans ultimately. When we do this show, uh, you know, we're we're, you know, in the business, I guess, of media uh, as far as in the wrestling game. But at the end of the day, we're fans, and we follow it, and we watch all the shows, and uh, you know, the a lot of significant storylines going on, and and I think like you. You hit it. It's not. It's not if 
these storylines are going to end. It's it's not even when, but it's it's the how. It's how are we going to branch these guys off? And uh, there are a lot of matches tonight that you feel like these guys are going to go off into different feuds and uh, different things and uh, different storylines. So I'm looking forward to a, a lot of great matches. It's uh, I'm just hoping that they deliver. I, I like you said. I want to be shocked tonight. This is a night where I want to see something out of the box. I want to see something different. Uh, you know, even if it's something that we predicted tonight. You know, I want to see something like the Shield uh, reigning victorious at the end. I, want, I just want to see something new. I want to see something different tonight uh, that, that'll set off the rest of the year. It, it's almost like the way the WWE landscape or the way their, their calendar year goes now. It's, uh, you know, WrestleMania really doesn't blow off a lot. Like, they, they do continue storylines after WrestleMania. Uh, it's almost like the Extreme Rules. The the, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania is the pay-per-view where they kind of kind of put a cap on a lot of storylines, and it puts uh, the, the following year into focus on where they're going to go for the next few months. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they end these feuds, how they end uh, these matches, and hopefully we have something uh, out of the ordinary and different. But it is a pay-per-view that on paper, I mean, I was, you know, we talk about grading on the Facebook. We grade Raw. We grade the pay-per-views. Uh, you know, on paper, I was kind of looking forward to kind of a a, a B-plus to A, A-minus uh, pay-per-view tonight. I, I liked the looks of it. So uh, anything less, and, and I'm going to be a little bit disappointed, Dave. I would totally agree with you. You know, just not to be totally off subject, but I was just reading that, you know, we're not the only ones with technical issues. WWE.com's streaming of the pre-show has had some serious technical issues. And I I don't think it's due to any kind of storm in the St. Louis area. I think it's the fact that they put the Miz on that show and he had to wrestle Cody Rhodes. But if you any if I haven't gotten any results, but from what I understand, from what I read, nobody has seen the Miz-Cody Rhodes match and all they've talked about is more Josh Matthews heel commentary on the pre-show. So, um, for all you folks out there that are listening, uh, you know we apologize for having technical issues, but we're not the only ones too. Apparently, the WWE's uh, YouTube pre-show is uh, is on the fritz as well. But um, I do agree with you, Ken, in, in the terms of what you just mentioned about being disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed. Um, normally WrestleMania season, you get a little bit of a hangover, and they just kind of storylines don't really come out and grab you. Let's hope tonight that's a different story. Because last year, you know, we we were going into Extreme Rules with the excitement of Brock Lesnar returning, and we kind of were, you know, underwhelming ourselves, so to speak, you know, thinking that, you know, this, this is just going to be a regular pay-per-view. It's after WrestleMania. They're going to play things safe. And then we were just kind of grabbed, and we were like, holy, you know what, you know? And uh, let's hope that they uh, they continue that trend from last year. Agreed. You know, I joked about it. Maybe it is Dixie Carter. Maybe Dixie Carter is, is doing something to the Internet. Dun, dun, dun. That wouldn't be a smart move on her part, considering this past week she she admitted that she'd love to do a crossover event with the WWE. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, hopefully, you know, the pay per view. Uh, it's a shame that uh, on out there again can't apologize enough for us having technical issues uh, tonight. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, you know, just remember, you know, listen to us. Don't watch the WWE. Pre-show. At least you could hear us out there, even if you couldn't call in. 
Um, but Dave, great show tonight. We got through it. Uh, again, apologies for the tech issues, but you know things happen, and we just gotta we gotta get through it. And we did, and we hit the matches and the predictions. Good times tonight. Not as crazy as some shows in the past, but good times tonight, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Like like the motto that John Cena says, we never give up. We're you know we will do everything we can with our backs against the wall with technical issues to make sure we put out a, a, a quality show for you guys. And uh, you know, hopefully the phone situation didn't deter you from turning off uh, your computers or your smartphones to listen to us tonight. And uh, you know for those that you know stayed with us, thank you. Yeah, so we we will continue to make sure we check that out and then have that working for you. On Tuesday, when we do our show again, Tuesday night from 6 to 7.30. We'll be reacting to Raw and Extreme Rules on that night. Uh, remember, May 31st, Ken Reedy's show, Tap Out Cancer at New York. Go over to thekenreedyshow.com for more information on that great event. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all. Good night. <laughs>